0: Let's take our Bibles and read together the story of our fall into sin as it is recorded for us in Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2, we start at verse 25 and then we read through chapter 3. Genesis 2 verse 25, And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. to the woman he said I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing in pain you shall bring forth children your desire shall be contrary to your husband but he shall rule over you and to Adam he said because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you you shall not eat of it cursed is the ground The man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. So far, the reading of God's holy word. This afternoon, I preach to you the word of God as we confess it in Lord's Day 2 of our Catechism. Lord's Day 2, on page 518 of the Book of Praise. Page 518, under the heading, the first part, Our Sin and Misery. Lord's Day 2, from where do you know your sins and misery? From the law of God. What does God's law require of us? Christ teaches us this in a summary. In Matthew 22, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Can you keep all this perfectly? No, I am inclined by nature to hate God and my neighbour. We now listen to the preaching of the gospel and afterwards we'll sing together in response Psalm 36. Psalm 36, three verses after the sermon. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, do you love yourself? Do you think it's normal for people to love themselves? Many Christians today argue that we need to learn to love ourselves because if we don't love ourselves... How can we possibly love our neighbours as ourselves? And that sounds very reasonable. Except, it's not what the Bible says. Because the Apostle Paul, in Ephesians 5 verse 29, if you want to look it up, in Ephesians 5 verse 29, Paul says, No one ever hated his own flesh but instead nourishes and cherishes it no one hates himself instead whether we know it or not we all love ourselves no this does not mean that every young lady who stands in front of the mirror is happy about the way she looks. We do not all love ourselves in the sense that we think we are the greatest. But do you know what it means to love yourself? When my hand touches a hot stove, I naturally pull my hand away. Why? Because I love myself and I want to protect myself from pain. Even when I do things I don't like, like homework. Even when I do things and you look at me and you think that I'm punishing myself, like exercise. Maybe I do it because I want to avoid something that seems even worse. Or maybe I do it because I expect that good will come from it. We naturally love ourselves, says Paul. And so we do what we believe will give us the greatest happiness. But while we naturally love ourselves, we do not naturally love God or our neighbours. And this is our problem, says the Catechism. This is our problem. The fact that we do not love God or our neighbours the way we ought to. That is our greatest problem. And that is the ultimate cause of our misery. I preach to you this afternoon the gospel of your salvation under the following theme. The fact that we fall short of God's standard creates misery in the heart of every believer. And we consider three points. This misery revealed by God the Father since paradise. This misery explained by God the Son when He was on earth. This misery confirmed by God the Holy Spirit in our hearts. The fact that we fall short of God's standard creates misery in the heart of every believer. We see first this misery revealed. By God the Father since paradise. Now in Genesis three, the Lord comes into the garden and he says, Adam, where are you? And Adam says, I am hiding. And then Adam has to explain why he is hiding. Adam says, I don't have any clothes. And God answers, you never had clothes before, that never bothered you before, so what happened? What changed? And we know exactly what changed. In verse 7, Adam's and Eve's eyes were opened. And that does not mean before Adam and Eve did not realise that they had no clothes and now Adam looks down and he says hey I am not wearing any clothes it means something else instead at the end of chapter 2 Adam and Eve were both naked but they were not ashamed then Adam could see Eve's naked body and she felt no shame. Eve felt no shame because she had nothing to hide from her husband. And Adam felt no shame either. But after Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, they sensed that they needed to cover up. They felt uncomfortable to be seen Without clothes. And this is where the knowledge of our sins and misery begins, brothers and sisters. God created Adam and Eve to know each other and to be fully known. The fact that they were naked and not ashamed, that symbolized the deeper spiritual reality that they had nothing to hide. They felt comfortable sharing everything, being completely open with each other. There was no need to pretend or cover up. Eve was confident that Adam could know her fully and still love her perfectly. But when Adam and Eve fell into sin, their eyes were opened And they saw that they were naked. Then Eve still wanted Adam to love her. But she felt that there was something inside her. Something that made her unlovable. She felt that if Adam would really know her, he could not possibly love her anymore. And so she felt that she needed to cover up. Because otherwise Adam could not possibly love her. And this is now our problem, brothers and sisters. We want to be loved. In fact, we were created to love and to be loved. But we don't feel worthy of being loved. We want to be loved. But we are afraid that if people would really know what's inside... They would reject us. And so we feel that we need to wear clothes. So that we can control how much other people know about us. And we can control what other people think of us. Because we are all afraid that if people would really know us, they could not possibly love us anymore. And this is where God's law comes into the picture. We know our sins and misery from God's law. We confess in Lord's Day 2. And no, no, this does not mean before the Israelites came to Mount Sinai and before God gave them the law, they were all happy with not a problem in the world and no knowledge of any sins or misery. No, God's people did not discover sins and misery when God gave them the law. Of course not. Because before that the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. There they experienced plenty of misery. But they did not understand the source of their misery. They did not understand that the ultimate cause of all their pain and all their sorrow was the fact that they were sinners living in a world that was broken through their fall into sin. And so God gave them the law. God gave them a long list of commandments. A list so long and covering so many areas of life that they were always breaking one commandment or the other. Because God wanted to teach them that all misery and all pain and all trouble comes from our sin. For Adam, for Adam, before he knew anything about God's law, there were thorns and thistles. Misery for Eve, before she knew anything about God's law... There was pain in childbearing. For the Israelites in Egypt, there was the misery of being slaves. To such people who experienced plenty of misery, God gave his law to teach us that the ultimate cause of all our pain and all our suffering and all our misery is our fall into sin. That is our first point. In our second point, we will now see how this misery was explained by God the Son when he was on earth. When the Lord Jesus was on earth, they asked him what was the greatest commandment. And he answered, love God and love your neighbor and traditionally we divide this commandment in two we say the commandment to love god has got an upward vertical focus while the command to love our neighbors is horizontal and sideways and that's true but we can also look at it in another way the command to love god And the commandment to love our neighbours, they both point away from us. Both of these commandments, love God and love your neighbour, both of these commandments teach us that life is not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about how I feel. No. Instead, God wants me to look out there and to put my energy into serving him also serving others rather than only looking after myself and for us sinful human beings this is a significant challenge brothers and sisters because the problem in our hearts is not so much that we feel hatred Or even dislike for God or for our neighbors. No, our problem is that we are children of Adam and Eve. Our problem is that we are so busy worrying about ourselves, so busy worrying about what other people know about us or think about us. We're always trying to control what. Other people are thinking and knowing about us. And therefore, loving God and loving our neighbours hardly comes on our radar. And if you can't see this, brothers and sisters, let's go back to Genesis 3. Where Adam and Eve fell into sin and had their eyes opened. There they see That they are naked and they cover themselves with fig leaves. Understand the command to love God and our neighbours. That command means that we need to reach out to love and to serve. But instead of reaching out, Adam and Eve withdraw. They hide. They crawl back into their shell, so to speak. They cover themselves with a fig leaf because they are afraid of being exposed. And when we think about this, beloved congregation, is it not this fear of being exposed that stops us from really connecting with other people? We want to love our neighbours. We want to support the communion of saints, don't we? But, even in a coffee social, moving out of our comfort zone makes us feel exposed. And so we prefer to stay in our own little group, which effectively becomes our fig leaf. Sometimes, Sometimes we stick at our neck and we invite people to visit us, people who are outside our own comfort zone. But don't we try to cover ourselves with another fig leaf first, making sure that our house is in order, insisting that the sink must be clean, the floor must be vacuumed and everything must be dusted and spotless. Is that really... Because we love our neighbours? Because we fear that they might be contaminated by our germs? Or are we afraid of being found out? Because we feel that what we are and what our house usually looks like is inadequate? Sometimes, when we get company, don't we prepare special meals? Because we feel that normal is inadequate? Can we not sense, beloved congregation, that much of our energy goes into creating fig leaves and then hiding ourselves behind those elaborate fig leaves because we feel so inadequate when we visit close friends? Then we don't need to dress special. We don't need to cover ourselves with an extra fig leaf. But when we visit people we don't know so well, we feel more vulnerable. And then the way we dress up, pretending, of course, that we have not dressed up. Is that not our way of controlling what they think about us? Again, because we do not really believe that we are worthy of being loved. We hide behind fig leaves. We do what we can to control what other people know about us and what other people think of us. And then we might say, beloved congregation, those fig leaves are the cause of our problem. We might say stop covering up and start being honest. But... Can we afford that? Because remember, when God asked Adam about eating the forbidden fruit, Adam blamed Eve. Not because Adam hated his wife. Not because Adam wanted to get Eve in trouble. But for Adam, protecting himself was so natural. That giving the blame to Eve was automatic. It was his sinful nature. And what Adam told God about Eve was true, was it not? Eve had given him the forbidden fruit, had she not? So why should Adam not tell God what had happened? That his wife was really to blame? What was Adam supposed to say otherwise? And now the point, beloved creation, is not what Adam said to God. The point is not that Adam got even to trouble. Instead, the point is that Adam was a sinful man. And now Adam's heart was so twisted and his mind was so corrupted That Adam did not even understand that he was protecting himself. Adam did not understand that he was not loving his wife. Adam was so busy looking after himself that he did not even realise that he was being horribly disloyal to his wife and damaging his relationship with her. And then, when Adam Betrayed his wife. Eve learned, of course. Eve learned, of course, that she also needed fig leaves. She needed to protect herself from her husband. Who was, after all, focusing his energy on looking after himself. Even when it hurt her in the process. The prophet Jeremiah. He writes in chapter 17 that the human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick or corrupt to the extent that we cannot understand it like Adam we always think first about ourselves like Adam our first reaction is always fear that our Inadequacy might be exposed. And so, like Adam, we do what we can to protect ourselves and how we hurt other people in the process. We are so selfish that often we don't even think about that. But the Lord Jesus Christ says, think about God first. Love God first. And then love your neighbour as yourself. That command... That command for the natural man is impossible. Because it means we need to stop doing what we have been busy with 24-7. Ever since we fell into sin in paradise. It means instead of putting all our energy into protecting ourselves and hiding behind fig leaves, trying to control what other people think about us, we need to stick out our neck and we need to serve God and we need to love our neighbours even when there is a cost that we have to pay Brothers and sisters, when God says, do not work on Sundays, when God says, don't cheat on your tax forms, that's pretty simple. When the minister says, read your Bible and pray, changing our behaviour is easy. Changing behaviour is always easy, even learning to control our temper, even putting bad habits out of our lives can be done with a little bit of willpower. Changing behaviour is always quite easy. But the Christian faith is not about changing behaviour. Instead, the command to love God and our neighbours raises an issue that we need to resolve In our hearts. We need to understand. That Adam felt a need. To cover himself from the eyes of Eve. And from the eyes of God. Because he understood. That there was something. Really horribly wrong with him. And he thought. If anyone would know me. The way I really am. They could not possibly love me. So I need to hide. I need to cover up what is so shameful. And if I can cover up my sin by blaming my wife, I will gladly do that because I love myself. And now we need to believe that because we are children of Adam, we have the same problem. That is our second point. In our third point, we will now see how this misery is confirmed by God, the Holy Spirit, in our hearts. Can you keep all this perfectly? Asks question five. And the answer is no, I am inclined by nature to hate God and my neighbour. That means I can become a multi-millionaire. I can build myself a beautiful mansion with the most expensive toys so that everybody thinks I'm the greatest. But I cannot change myself because I still know myself in a way that you will never know me. I still know what is foul and rotten in my heart. And that still makes me feel totally unworthy. And nothing that I do, nothing that I have can stop me from wanting desperately to stay hidden behind my fig leaf. And put my energy into looking good on the outside. And convince everyone that I am okay. But now the gospel, brothers and sisters, when God found Adam and Eve in the garden, when God saw that they had made clothes for themselves out of fig leaves, God did not tear their clothes off of them. God did not say, don't be stupid, put all those fig leaves away. What did God do? God clothed Adam and Eve properly. And when God put those clothes on Adam and Eve, that was a sign of God's promise that Jesus Christ would come into the world and Jesus Christ would cover the nakedness, the sins and all the unworthiness of Adam and Eve. He would cover it all with his blood so that all our sins, And all our unworthiness should be covered. Or, to say it in other words, he took away our sins. He took our sins upon himself so that we should be fully clothed with his righteousness. Of course, for Adam and Eve, clothes are more than just a symbol A symbol of God's promise that one day Jesus Christ will cover their sins. Instead, clothes also offer something right now. Clothes offer us some protection and some privacy. Clothes make it possible for broken sinners to live together in a community with a measure of self-respect. Because... Even if we know that we are all sinners, equally deserving of God's punishment and equally forgiven. We still feel that if people would really know us, they could not possibly love us. And when we understand this, we begin to understand How the gospel of our deliverance is connected to the story of our sins and our misery. Brothers and sisters, it is necessary that the preaching urges us to believe in Jesus Christ. It is necessary that the preaching encourages us to be a living congregation and an active communion of saints, our young people. And our elderly members need more attention and better care. Marriages and family life always needs more attention. It is all very, very important. But the reality, the reality that we are struggling with the most is the fact That we are all broken people, hurting people. Every one of us is struggling to survive from day to day behind those fig leaves that kind of cover most of our weaknesses and our shortcomings. And make no mistake... Even those people who seem to have it all together, including ministers and elders and deacons, we all have the same struggles. And so the bottom line is, what we need most is not programs to change people's behaviour. What we need most is not programs to train elders and deacons and ushers and musicians, and the communion of saints. What we need most is not better programs, or even better people. Instead, we need to believe that God knows our sins. Yes, God knows what is horrible in your heart and in my heart. God knows, and yet God accepts us for Jesus' sake. Yes, God accepts us for Jesus' sake. No, no, God does not accept us with our sins. God does not say, your sins don't matter. But God says, your sin is serious business. But I take away your sins. I take away your guilt. And when I believe this, brothers and sisters, when I believe that Jesus Christ takes away my sins and my guilt, then I don't need so many fig leaves anymore. And then I can give less attention to protecting myself. And I can give more attention to my duty in life to love God. And to love my neighbour. When I believe that God knows me. And God loves me. When I believe that God accepts me. Because Jesus Christ has paid for my sins. Then I can begin to love God. I can begin to love my neighbour. And then after that. After that. Finally, I dare to even look in my heart to examine what is really living in my heart. Then, when I know how much God loves me, then I can begin to see how much sin there really is in here. The key to loving God The key to loving our neighbours is faith. Faith that, and now I quote from Lord's Day 23, what we need is faith. Faith that although my conscience accuses me that I don't love God, and although my conscience accuses me that I don't love my neighbours as I ought to, yet God... Out of mere grace, imputes to me the perfect satisfaction, righteousness and holiness of Christ. When I believe that God accepts me in this way, then I can begin to love God and my neighbour. O brothers and sisters... May our heavenly Father work in all of our hearts so that we believe the promises of the gospel and so that in faith, so that in faith we can love God and love each other and so fulfil the royal law. Amen.